So if I were to ask you what we studied about last week at church, in one word, what would you say? Some said God, some said Jesus. Both are correct, okay? Very good. Remember, 99.4% of the time when that question is asked, if you'll say God or Jesus, you will be correct, okay? So uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, we're going to start in Psalm 121, so you can turn there. I'm going to make some other references, and I'll give you a hint. Over this series that we are doing called Believe, we are not just going to be camping out in one text that I typically do in my preaching. Uh, we're going to be looking at a variety of scriptures, and so uh, that's because these are more topical studies in nature, and so uh, I hope that you're taking notes if you want to do that, and so there's a lot of scriptures, a lot of thoughts that we're going to be giving you, and so uh, if you choose to do that, that's great. So, this week I attended the Abilene Christian University. They have a lectureship. They're calling it Summit now. They've been having that for over a hundred years now, and uh, it is a wonderful time to gather on that campus and to just go from class to class to class. I think I attended 10 to 12 classes over the time that I was there this week. One of the classes that I went to, uh, our daughter Bailey and I went to this class together. It was a class, and I'm going to read to you uh, the description. The executive director of Zambia Medical Missions and an Abilene physician will share how this enterprise strengthens the church and brings the good news of Jesus while caring for each person's body, soul, and spirit. More than 200 Zambia volunteers transverse southern Africa each summer providing medical care, food relief, uh, AIDS education, and spiritual counseling to people in need. That description caught our attention. And since our daughter went to Zambia a few years ago on that medical mission trip, we wanted to attend that. One of the things that they talked about in that class, and I wish that everybody could have seen this, they showed a video at the beginning. And in that video, it was all these college students who had been on this trip, and they were talking specifically about the way that God had worked in their life specifically on that trip. And how, while they were in Zambia, how their eyes were open to the bigness of God and how He is always at work in our life. And as I, I heard those different stories in that short video, my mind automatically went to this thought. You know, for the generation of our college kids, one of the things that I love about their youthfulness and I love about their spirituality, they are not afraid to talk about God and the way that He is at work, not just in this world, but the way that He's at work in their life. And as I started thinking about that, I thought, you know, I'm not sure with the generations before, we knew there was a God. And we knew that he was out there, but I'm not really sure that we really talked about him on such a personal level that we see kids talking about him today. Maybe you did, I don't know. I think in general, 
we're seeing generations that are coming up, we're seeing that they are really believing in God, but also believing that He is right here, and He is alive, and He's well, and He's at work. And that brings joy to my heart to see our young people live out their faith in such a strong way and especially in a way that they believe that God is present with us right now. And here's how he's working. So, I thought about this. It's one thing for us to say that we believe that he exists. But what we really want to know is what kind of God he really is and that he wants to have a personal relationship with you. So, yes, we're talking about God this morning, but we're talking about him on a more personal level. To the idea that he walks with me and he talks with me as we sing in the song, My God and I, for all these years. But how does that look? And what does that look like in our everyday life? Last week we discovered that the God of the Bible is the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He's the creator of everything, the seen and the unseen. And what we saw last week is the fact that there is no attempt to even prove his existence. It's just assumed. And so from the very beginning of time on the pages of Genesis, what comes off of those pages really all the way throughout Scripture is this truth. God doesn't waste time trying to convince us that he exists. He invites us into a day-by-day relationship with him. And if there's one thing that I want you to hear this morning, it's this. God longs to be in relationship with you. Now let that sink in for a minute. God longs to be in relationship with me. Say that thought to yourself. It's not just that God is there, but it's the fact that God wants to care for me and my life. I mean, did you hear in Psalm 139, the psalmist says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. Now my question is, if he saw our unformed body, at what point does he ever give up on caring for me in a personal way? And I think the answer to that, well, I believe the answer to that is he never stops. He never stops. Now, are there times in our life where we doubt that? Where we may question, God, where are you? And God, are, are you really concerned with, with little me? And my life and the things that I'm going through, we all have those questions. Sometimes we have a lot of those questions. And I think what we see on page after page of Scripture is that God loves all of us, but He loves even me. And when you think about it from that standpoint, that makes it so personal. So in Matthew chapter 6, I love this scene in the Sermon on the Mount, you, you don't have to turn there, you can just listen to this thought. In Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25, 
you know the story. It's the heading of do not worry. And Jesus is telling the people here in this upside-down kingdom, in this upside-down way of learning. He says, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you're going to eat or drink, or about your body or what you're going to wear. And he says, is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? And then he uses this analogy, and he says, look at the birds of the air. Now just think about that thought. Look at the birds of the air. And he says, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he poses this question. Are you not much more valuable than they? Are you not much more valuable than the birds of the air? Now, that'll get your attention, won't it? It should. That'll get your attention to the fact that, you know, yes, he cares for the birds, but his whole point is you don't need to worry about your life. You don't need to worry about all these things that you have no control over. You are a human Going back to Psalm 139, and I saw your unformed body, so at what point am I just going to give up on you right now? Are you not much more valuable than even the birds of the air? And so we see his handiwork all around us. It's on display, and he's all-knowing and all-powerful, but what we really want to know is, is he interested in my life? And in particular, we want to know, is he big enough to govern and take care of this world and at the same time small enough to care for me? Yes, we want him to be big and we want him to care for all the world, but we really want him to care for me, don't we? That's the question people are asking far more than, is there a God? And as we observe the world around us, we see all this pain and this evil and this suffering, and when bad things happen, we don't doubt the existence of God so much as we question His power and His goodness. But let me remind you of something, church. From the very beginning of time, God created the heavens and the earth. And in the days of creation, those days that he was creating the heavens and the earth, at the end of each day, what was it that he said? It is good. But you know what? At the same time that goodness was ushered in, you know what else was at work? Evil. Bad things. And as Horace Johnson told me Friday on the phone, here's a man of faith, a man who believes. It was pretty quiet on the other end, and I was trying to gather my thoughts of what to say. And he said, Patrick, it is okay to be silent right now. And he said, just remember, we live in a fallen world. 
and I knew where he was going. And he said, and what we have to believe as people of faith, we've got to be ready whenever that time comes. And so if that means my time is in months, it's okay. And all of us are here today saying, no, it's really not okay, but it is okay because we know where our destiny is, don't we? I hope you do. If you don't, we really need to talk. Because faith says that we believe there is a God, that we believe that He exists, that He is at work, in my daily life and that one day whenever that time comes when it's time for me and for you to not be here on this earth the personal God who loves us who saw our unformed body says I have a plan and there's nobody else that can touch that plan and that plan says you're going to come home. That's good news, isn't it, church? Some of you believe that. That's good news, isn't it, church? That's a living proof testimony that you have a story to tell every day about God. Because of the fact that not only will He be working right here, but He's also a big God that works in the heavens and he has a place for me that's great news and in the meantime while we are here we believe I hope that he is active and alive and as I said last week he invites us to join him on his mission right now and if we choose to not do that, whose fault is that? That's ours. We have the freedom to choose, but we also need to believe and look around that God is at work everywhere right now. How do I know that? Faith. A faith in a big God. And so look at Psalm 121. I lift up, I look up to the mountains. And the psalmist asked this question, does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. This is a psalm that's identified as a song for pilgrims that was ascending to Jerusalem. And it would be sung by pilgrims traveling to Jerusalem for the annual festivals because Jerusalem was located on top of a hill. That's where you get the idea of ascent. And the pilgrims would follow a road through a valley surrounded by mountains to get there. Now picture this. So as they're traveling down this road, they are susceptible to nature and to bandits that would be hiding out in the mountains. And as they encountered danger, where would they seek help? They knew that our help's not coming from these things that we see around us. Our help is coming from above. Our help is coming 
from the Lord, the Creator, and the Maker of heaven. Now, you think about that. They cried that out as they were in imposing danger with things all around them, but their faith said, my help, our help, comes from on high. Our help doesn't come from down here. It always comes from above. And maybe that's the challenge that we face as Christians. Maybe we put too much hope and too much things here on this earth instead of really putting it where it belongs, and that is looking above constantly to believe that he is always alive. And so the picture of God in the Bible is of a God who's personal and a God who is good. And so again, this idea is that God is involved and cares about my daily life right now. You know, there's a song that we sing that our little kids sing. Been singing it for years. You remember it? My God is so big so strong and so mighty and I love when the kids do this they do there's nothing my God cannot do my question is are we too big to believe that if our little kids can not just buy into it but believe it shouldn't we as big people believe it my God is so big so strong and so mighty there's nothing my God cannot do but let's bring that down a little bit on a smaller level because we have to believe that as big as our God is he's also small in this sense he's small because he's close to us Throughout the Old Testament, you remember God was with his people, but a lot of times from a distance, unless it was Abraham or Moses or the prophets. But in Jesus, we see God coming so close that he actually becomes one of us. And so God is close, but think about it like this. Emmanuel is not the God who came and went, He's the God who is still with us in the Holy Spirit, and He's now with us closer than ever. And so God is not just with us, but look at this. God is within us. Remember, for some growing up, you believed that the Holy Spirit was alive and active, and it could only be working through the Word until at some point our eyes woke up and saw on other pages of Scripture that the, word, that the Spirit doesn't just come alive in the Word, but the Spirit is actually alive right here in my being. Remember when you were baptized into Christ? For the forgiveness of your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit so that we can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit God is big 
but he's also small enough for us to believe that he really cares for me. If you look at that passage in Psalm 121, you begin to realize that he does care for us. Listen to the rest of this verse in Psalm 121. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. He is a personal God, and he has a plan. And here's the difference that all of that makes in our life right now. It's the beautiful idea that God is not finished working with me yet. So you mean I'm a work in progress? Yes. And for us sitting here today, that is really good news for all of us. Amen? We're a work in progress. And what God wants every day, He wants your life and He wants you to submit to His Lordship in such a way that you're giving Him the blessing and the permission, if you need to, to shape and to mold you into who He wants you to become, not necessarily who you want to be. And so listen to some of these scriptures that help us sink into this and realize that God is not just out there, but God is right here with me. Psalm 8. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you've set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You've made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor, and you made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet. And then from John chapter 1, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We've seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then Paul kind of finishes that thought by saying, He made Himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Him self God has a plan Jeremiah 1 5 before I formed you in the womb I knew you before you were born he says I set you apart we learned a couple of weeks ago Peter would say that in such a way that we are to be holy as God is holy. And we are to live a holy and a sanctified life, one 
that is set apart exclusively for him. And in Romans 8, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What difference does all this make? You may be sitting there this morning saying, I believe in God. Remember this. And here's the personal level that it ought to hit us. God's ways are higher than our ways. Isaiah 55. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I invite us all to stand. I want you to think about this question this week. Do you believe that God is good? And do you believe that He's concerned and that He cares for my life? Because I want to tell you this what you believe really matters. What we believe really matters. And so I challenge you today, have that relationship with God on a personal level and believe that He is active and alive and at work all over, but He's really alive in my life. If you need help on strengthening that, we all do. But if you're really struggling with that, we want to pray for you. We want to help you draw closer to Him, maybe in some ways that you haven't thought of before. But I challenge you today, leave this place and go believe that God is there. And not only believe it, but live it out with joy and peace in your hearts. And let that joy shine all over your face. So people can look at you and say, what's the deal? And you can tell them the difference that God is making in your life. Think about that. If you've not started that relationship and you're here today and you need to be buried in baptism, we're here to help you with that as well. So think about that. Believe there really is a God. And if we can help you draw closer to Him this morning, let's sing this song while you come.